0: Coming up next, the booking concludes. For now, it's Talks Upon the Novel Jane Eyre. Everybody. my name is Nathan Abrams and I am your humble and obedient host. Let's get right to it by introducing Brandon Chastain. Hey. What was the thing we were calling you recently? Ghost Brandon. Ghost Brandon. How Ooh. you doing? Ghost Brandon. Still ghosting it up. And you're also the ball of reading. I am. And we've of course got Jacob Mensel, the pastor who's a master of reading Sup? Beastmaster Funky Town himself. Jake. Yo. Wicca. Got a haircut he's not happy with, has been wearing a hat nonstop since. Is that True. the
1: explanation for the hat? Indeed. Yes. True or false,
0: Jake, you wear the hat to bed. False.
1: Yeah, no, your name is Brandon. Get us up to $800, and Jake will post a picture of his bad haircut on Patreon. True. Get us up Look, to- it, It's
2: not a, I, I have a good barber. Hmm. You think he listens to this? <laughs> my barber does not listen to this, but- You give him some bad I've instructions? i talked to my barber, yes, I- well, I I had one of those moments where I was just like, it's time for something completely different. Mm-hmm. And the barber was like, we could do this or that. And I was like, that sounds too hip and cool. How about you do something completely different? And Not the true. barber was like, I could just like chop it all off. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. And so the barber then chopped it all off. And then I was like, why did I tell you to do this? Isn't it it's not enough. as cool as I thought it would be. And the barber was like, yeah, I know. I kind of told you that. And I even disavowed any responsibility for what would happen, especially with your wife. And I was like, true, you did. You were like, I'm not responsible for what <laughs> happens once I do this. And don't you t- blame this on me to your wife. And I was like, yeah, okay. So anyhow, it's all on me.
0: It's on you. You know who else wanted something different, Jake? Bruce Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now I asked the barber, To give me a number five on the sides this last time. That's pretty long on the side. Yep, that's what I did. Looks like you got what you wanted.
1: That's not a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what Mr. Rochester would have used as his razor length. What would Mr. Rochester? We asked the
0: good questions on the book, the deep questions. What would Mr. Rochester have used for his razor length, Brandon?
1: For some reason, I get the sense that he was uh, close shaved. Really? Yeah, like that actor from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I that's, would have said he had a haircut
0: like imagine. one of these dirty hippies. Like, a, uh, yeah, like a, I was gonna say,
2: n- no razor touches, no clippers touch Mr. Rochester's head. So You guys would, see him as having long locks. We got, so we got, we got scissor cuts. Yeah, we're,
0: we're talking about John Lennon. I mean, in terms of what famous person from history, I would, uh, from 20th century
1: history, I would put Mr. Rochester. So strange. Up with you know the actor from Who Framed Roger Who, Rabbit. Who's the lead singer? Bob Hoskins. That's who I imagine. That's Mr. Rochester. Who's the lead singer of like Dashboard Confessional? So, you guys are imagining the emo guys. Yeah, this book is so emo, dude. But the way she describes him at the beginning is square jawed, squat, and ugly. Okay. So, it's a Brandon. <laughs> 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 yeah, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. <laughs> I mean, I think Bob Hoskins could potentially play me in a movie. Brandon, I don't really
0: think you're square jawed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I love you too bob Nathan. hoskins is anywhere near as ugly as you are <laughs> no brandon
0: you're not wow you're 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 much more beautiful than bob hoskins could ever dream of being thank you bob Hosh- beautiful brandon i think you're a fine looking gentleman and you've and the important okay. thing is you've got a
1: soul and i do have a soul and it will never die it will never die and
2: you know your children's catechism <laughs> and
1: you know your children's catechism i do i am not rochester so we have
0: established that so no, no, no. that leaves you or jake which one of us is the most rochesterian
1: Wow. Well, I'm the holding
0: Caulfield of the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's true. And I'm the boar. The yeah. <laughs> as far as great literary characters go. <laughs> Jake was laughing over there. Because okay, yep. who's the real holding Caulfield here? Well, Jake probably thinks we're both corny as H-E-D-I-G-E-Stick. So is, is Jake the Holding Caulfield? I'm the,
2: I must be, yeah.
0: Are you
1: holding Caulfield? I can see it. <laughs> You're holding. There Caulfield.
2: There might have been a time. I think Nathan's the real Holden yeah, Caulfield Nathan's
1: in Holding Caulfield.
0: Oh, I will confess i think to being the most <coughs> holden caulfieldian of the group
2: i don't think there's any, even any question yeah, i think there's most not...
0: of our listeners would probably say i'm the holden caulfield of the
1: group absolutely i mean, I had have my holding caulfield moments but I, I, I think am we're all holding holden think we all do yes but i am not holding caulfield but, but this of is all not... the
2: holden caulfields
1: i'm the holden caulfield
0: deist that's yep you can't even finish my sandwiches yep i can't mm. finish your sandwiches mm-hmm. let's get to it last episode we started to talk about i'm just gonna tell people why last episode was short last episode was short because we got off on talking about really personal stuff that we can't share with you.
2: You know, the fact is, what we really legit do is discuss these books as three friends in a room. And sometimes three friends in a room get personal with each other and with their lives and with other things in their lives mm-hmm. in a way that's not appropriate for y'all to be right. listening in on. You can be flies on the wall for a lot of things, but sometimes we go places where it's not right for y'all to be flies on the yep. wall.
0: But I'll give you a hint. Two words. Brandon, cocaine. Cocaine. lots of cocaine problem that'll be the third word yeah 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 i uh, have a problem it's
1: okay though i'm getting better yep i'm in a sanitarium outside of california Mm -hmm. don't go chasing
2: waterfalls brandon i won't stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to those waterfalls are
1: so beautiful though
0: let's just get to it let's talk about this is the episode this is the episode we've been building towards with jane Eyre, because we gotta we we started to get into it last time but this time (laughs) why does it
1: feel so anticlimactic (laughs) I've got to talk about this guy Rochester He's the worst part of the book Rochester? Yeah Rochester No, he's not Well, Sanjan or St. John St. John is kind of The men are the worst part of this book True The last half of this book is the worst part of this book Also true Yes, but As soon as he puts on a gypsy's dress (laughs) This book goes off the rails
0: But it's still a super entertaining Real ride of a book That takes you all the way to the end It takes you all the way to the end
2: Uh, (laughs) It does. You don't end up jumping off the train.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I was kind of gape-jawed quite a bit of it, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that
0: she had the audacity to put Mr. Rochester in a gypsy's dress, it's just like a weird... I assume the movie doesn't do that. Are we going to watch that
1: movie? No, I don't know. Are we going to really spend five episodes on Jane Eyre?
0: It's a classic. People love Jane Eyre. I feel justified in spending as many episodes as we want, but we're going to do Catcher in the Rye first. We might come back and do the movie later, folks. I think we will, actually, because I, I kind of want to watch that Fassbender movie, and we might
1: as well talk about it. That ugly old Fassbender.
0: Ugly old Fassbender. All right, let's 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 do this. Rochester. Let's Rochester. Let's talk about Rochester.
1: I just made the claim that he is, maybe, if not the worst part of this book, one of the wildest, at least.
0: You know, let me, let me make a mild diet defense of Rochester. Okay. He's entertaining. I Why like reading. It's not a defense. It's just, I don't know. Nope. It's a
2: defense of a character like Rochester existing. It's not a defense of a character like Rochester being the masculine ideal hero that's set up for women reading this book.
0: All right, let me, let me, let me, let me. People can see
1: my hand motions. Yeah, but no, I'm vigorously agreeing. given Jake, Jake the finger. No, you're not. You're, you're. I'm
0: pointing at him. You're pointing at him to say, in an yeah. In agreement,
1: yeah. Those are, the, those are the points that need to be made. All right. Well, let me just play
0: devil's advocate here, even though I know you're right. He and
2: Holden Caulfield would be best friends. All
0: right. Devil's advocate.
1: Who would make a better husband? Rochester or Holden Caulfield? I kind of we'll think go with Holden Caulfield. Caulfield. Yep. Holden yeah, Caulfield? I, Caulfield's here's multiple, the thing. at least. I hate the... So here's an early... Caulfield can end up in
2: a good place. <clears throat> right. He's young. Yes. He's stupid. He's got some ideas, He's going though, through and... the kinds of things that every... Buddy, who ends up being actually a good person, sort of goes through. I went And he actually him. shows some but,
1: discernment and wisdom about things that is pretty heartbreaking.
2: Yeah, while also having a real lack of self-knowledge that yeah. is terrible.
1: Right. It is. But, but he's young and immature. Yeah.
2: But at the same time, Rochester as a fully formed individual versus Holden Caulfield as a unformed person with some potential. Give me Holden Caulfield.
1: Even blinded Rochester. Who can live the rest of his life with you in apparently perfect mental unity? Mm-hmm.
2: As if there is were less invisible strings your... attaching. Yeah. You their ribs to one another. Oh, <laughs> I
1: mean, obviously, I have this relationship with my wife,
0: can but I talk... don't think everybody has. What What is the phrase? Can I see your book, or can you just look up the last chapter and Here. read us like
1: catch it?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it deserves. It's like
2: eight pages flew out of the book there. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna read you guys, and we're gonna. You guys are gonna tell me whether your marriage is as good as their marriage. Uh, the it's better
2: because it's not a figment of of Charlotte Bronte's imagination. I'm watching all the subscriptions. <laughs> all right, now Come listen. Back. Come back. Listen, y'all Patreon subscribers. You don't like this take. You unsubscribe right now. Oh, oh, <laughs> Schnapp, snap, snap,
1: shenane.
2: You ask ask me if I care. Like, who are we here for? <laughs>
1: um what are we here to do are we here to just pander Jake, to all you, this we, the We're bookening doesn't pander <laughs> no we have proven that <laughs> we yep. have the audacity to rank the harry potter books
0: we did rank the harry potter books <laughs> so
2: yeah.
1: we ranked this is a, this is a
2: serious them. thing somebody was like i really love the bookening until they had the audacity
0: the, the unmitigated nerve
2: and if it you're suggesting that you there high. may
1: be some difference in quality between some of Rowling's books, and that there might actually be some wavering quality in Rowling's abilities to be a writer, I mean, you people, but, with you your mean, literature you worship, you all right? People, with, can I can I
0: say one thing that I love?
1: And it's no, yeah, go about ahead. this
0: book. The the beginning of the first sentence, reader, I married him. Isn't that oh. a nice sentence? That's Isn't that just right, like that, a cool? Yeah. She always knows how to like get you back in and just be like, I'm a. Dude, kind of. I'm. It reminds me of the bro. end
2: of uh, Persuasion. Yeah, yeah no, well, I, I mean, I think
1: you looked at me like you were very. Confused. I think we'll I come think back to that. The later.
2: character of Jane Eyre that is created by Charlotte Bronte is
0: so strong and genius. so well.
2: It's just pure genius. Like
0: <laughs> Jane Eyre is an amazing literary figure. There's a reason every woman falls in love with this book, and it's not it's the immature ones might fall in love with Rochester, but we could forgive the more mature ones falling in love with Jane.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think for most of the mature women who have loved this book, it's not been about Rochester, it's been about Jane and Jane's own sort of hero's journey. Right. Right? Like and seeing themselves in Jane and aspiring to have the strength and inner the inner strength and will and indomitable spirit of Jane Eyre.
0: Like and I can like, think of a few novels that are this direct in just addressing the reader and having this kind of close relationship with the reader that came before this i mean actually catcher in the Rye is a good example of something that's kind of maybe in its lineage but a book that's just like reader and she's kind of gushing i married him there's something sweet and fun and you just feel like she's there telling you the story and
2: yeah J- jane eyre is as fully realized of a character a literary figure as you could want to have she makes sense she's consistent she is likable Mm-hmm. She is psychologically real in every way, and
0: we can posts, argue about whether she, Bronte knows she's flawed or not. But she's flawed. She's
2: she's flawed. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's a beautiful depiction of a very real person and a real sort of heroine. I think. Yeah. But what she thinks about men, what she thinks about Rochester and Saint John, that's messed up.
0: No, it is messed up, and we'll get to that. But I just want to say. I like Jane. I like that she's able to be respectful to the people around her while keeping her own counsel. I think she's, she's a, she's a good depiction of a strong woman, the kind of strong woman minus the, the stuff we're about to talk about. You know, if you can forgive some horrific well, 50 shades, the romanticism on Charlotte well, Bronte's part, and Jane it is, is
2: 50 shades. And, but if, but I think it's forgivable when you consider, I mean, everything that she's been through, like, what what Jane Eyre has been through, like she's doing incredibly well for herself, even in marrying a Rochester, although you could easily make the case that she she deserves better
0: well, she deserves exactly what she gets actually I mean I think she's she's flawed in being attracted to a Rochester and she ends up with a Rochester, and that's fine, that actually makes psychological sense the problem
2: everything the yeah Go ahead. I'm about to read the problem. like this is what does not make sense.
0: Right. And we've been building to this, and this is basically going to be the rest of the episode plus St. John. So drum roll, please. My tale now draws to its close. I have now been married 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know what it is to live entirely for and with what I love best on earth. I hold myself supremely blessed, blessed beyond what language can express, because I am my husband's life as fully as he is mine. No woman was ever nearer to her mate than I am, ever more absolutely bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. I know no weariness of my Edward society. He knows none of mine any more than we each do of the pulsation of the heart that beats in our separate bosoms. Whoa! Consequently, we are ever together. Oh, this sounds like a drag. To be together is for <laughs> was, us to be at that's once. a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> To be for this is like a twilight zone. Be careful what you wish for, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> to be together is for us to be at once as free as in solitude, as gay as in company. Mm-hmm. Oh please, we talk. I, I believe he is as gay as. Oh my oh, goodness! B- yeah, it is gay, uh, Brandon. We talk. I believe. we talk? I believe all day long to talk to each other. It's but a more animated and an audible thinking. Oh, all my confidence is bestowed on him. All oh. his confidence is devoted to me. Uh-oh. Yeah. We are precisely suited in character. Perfect uh, Concord yep. is the result. Yep. Oh and then he gets goodness. his vision back, which is fine. And
1: um, no 100% woman-
2: 100% word I can't say what?
1: on this podcast. No woman has ever been misled by that representation of matrimonial oh bliss. Brendan,
0: I feel like I'm being sarcastic. No, Nate, <laughs> I feel like women have been misled by that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Radiohead. How'd you get in here?
0: <laughs> I am transforming into a literary accuracy robot. <laughs> Women are being misled constantly <laughs> by this yeah. bull crap. Is oh, the closest God. we could come to Jake's word. Exactly. He's spot on. What is love? Someone teach me what is love. Does it mean perfect unity and Baby hanging out with each me. other every moment of every day? Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a fiance, guys. Tell me. Because what I'm expecting is that we will spend every waking moment of every day together and our hearts will be you. Yeah.
1: Let me give you some we'll real be a, t- but a more you audible some thinking. Talk, One day you're just going to stitch first, your hearts together. And, the first 10 yeah.
2: years of your marriage are going to be the worst 10 years of your marriage. Oh.
1: Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's just not how it works.
1: It's not how it but, works. But Jake,
0: talking to my fiance is like a more audible thinking. <laughs> yeah if
1: you're thinking
0: as a crazy person <laughs> are, are you marrying a man like are you like no jake our minds are so one that uh-huh it's a more audible thinking i don't know what that <laughs> means but it means like because i love my thoughts so much and I, yeah. I love being in my head so much. Like, that's such a joy to be mean, in my <laughs> head. Like, the important point uh, is that you it's You married unity. a perfect reflection of yourself. You know what? Forget irony. I'm just going to say what's wrong with this. How horrible to be in your head. Like, a more audible version of my thinking. I'm stuck with the inaudible version of my yeah. thinking. It sucks. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> horrific.
1: Yeah, thinking about my wife saying, You need something act. different than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Namely, woman. <laughs> because you're a man. Jordan Peele, get on this. It sounds like a wonderful book. I was thinking that
2: because
0: yeah. I just saw the movie. The Us, and uh, yeah, it, it would be a good Twilight Zone. It would be like this is a horror story that she's describing, isn't I, it? I know no weariness of my Edward society. He knows you none know of mine. absolutely no knowledge. You have no knowledge of. I mean, my goodness, this is Titanic, right? This is like some. This is some. This is Wait, Hollywood this is just... level idiocy about what makes a relationship work. And
2: relationships are work. Their work. Yeah. The idea of the effortless slide into some kind of foggy bliss, that's not even the joy of marriage. Like, it's work, it's difficult, and the beauty is not, that's not where the beauty of it lies and the joy of it lies. It doesn't lie in some kind of like transportation to the seventh heaven of self referential, narcissistic.
0: It's so narcissistic. Like, but it sounds if I right. can just find someone that's exactly like me and they can repair it back to me, what I think, it's like, wait, how much do you love to yourself? Dude?
1: I figured it out. What's that? The twist is that Rochester is a mirror. Oh, uh-huh. he's just a mirror. He's just a mirror. He's been yeah. a mirror the whole time. <laughs> 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 he says everything I say. This is Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. perfectly perfect <laughs> unity of mind. <laughs> whole, you know, it would be better if it was. <laughs> he looks just like me.
0: I mean, honestly, this exact same plot could happen with this exact same character, these exact same characters, and if she just tweaked it to make it a little sadder at
1: the end, a little more complicated. But guys, we're not dealing with the transcendental themes of love that have come to us from Plato, where Plato said that we have in true love two halves, two love, two <laughs> marriage, marriage, in true love, two, <true> <laughs> <Ma-wage, laughs> <love> two. <laughs> Hey, no. <laughs> I am being completely non-facetious right now. <laughs> we got to consider Plato, that wise teacher. I'll consider Plato, That I'll, humble I'll, teacher. I'll make a snail out of
0: Play-Doh. Yeah. I'll roll it up. I'll make it into a thing, and then I'll... Do
1: you ever make flowers out of Play-Doh? Smoke it. You smoke Play-Doh? You can make really fun know. little... I had girl cousins. They Maybe would make flowers play-doh. out of Play-Doh. That was really nice.
0: the only thing I knew because I'm a dumb male
1: the only thing I knew is I would roll it into like a long thing and then snails or snakes yeah snails and snakes those things were fun snails and snakes way better than the played (laughs) toe the wise teacher (laughs) saying that his theory of love was you know you had these two floating halves (coughs) and that they had to find one another and that true love was when these two halves found one another well you know and so here all we're seeing is the ideal ideal of true love that has existed since the time of our Hellenistic fathers.
2: No, because you're talking about two very different halves finding each other, and she's talking about
1: two holes. But the idea was <laughs> unity. Think of, think of, uh, <laughs> think of the what's that thing called the yin yang? Uh Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. They fit together. Think bullet going very into my head right now. And it's unity. <laughs> it's unity. This transcendental idea of love mm-hmm. that has existed since time immemorial, Jake.
2: I got chills. And so how?
1: And yeah, so who are we then? Who are we to question our great wise father Plato and Lady Charlotte Bronte? We
0: are Christians. Who are sir? <laughs> we? We are readers of Jane Austen. We have greater wisdom. We are readers of Proverbs, sir. <laughs> we have greater wisdom. We are readers of the Scripture. We are readers of existence. That may have been more
1: facetious and sarcastic than I've ever been with this point before,
0: <laughs> Brandon. You said it was non.
1: You'd never been more non-facetious. Oh, that's right. And I'm going to hold totally you to honest. that. My point being... Your point being, sir. And I think this... I was talking to Nathan about this earlier. The very same Nathan that's me? Yes. I realized with F. Scott Fitzgerald, because he comes up in Catcher in the Rye. If you Mm. can't tell, we've been reading that to prepare for the next episodes. Yep, 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 yep. I realized he was in his 20s when he wrote that book. And Mm -hmm. he had a lot of people... He said Fitzgerald. Yes. He comes up in... Catcher in the Rye is one of Holden Caulfield's. He really loves Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, So Fitzgerald yeah, was yeah, in his 20s true. when he wrote Gatsby, you mean? Yeah, and everybody looks at Gatsby as this great book that teaches us about philosophy and life and wisdom, and you're like, he's a 20-year-old. Have you ever met a 20-year-old, even a smart 20-year-old, that you want to teach you about life and philosophy? No. And so here's Charlotte Bronte is a 20-year-old. In her 20s. Uh... She's spun, yeah, she's spun a great story. Yeah. Why should we take what she has to say about love seriously? We should not Yeah, she has a. She has like, and that's why you can't hold your literary darling so closely. They can write great stories, but don't take their philosophizing seriously, especially yep. when they're in their twenties.
0: Well, I wonder. It would be interesting because she died in childbirth shortly after uh, marrying a dude. Finally, after turning down some other people and having a tumultuous love life, but I would love to read. I would love to read a <laughs> Charlotte Bronte book written, you know, even a year into marriage, where yeah. she's just dealing. You know, with the, with
1: the
2: reality of marriage and relationships.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like a Tolstoy who wrote Anna Karenina later in life, after he had had children and a marriage. And you can see the wisdom behind Levin and Kitty.
0: Well, and it's cute and exactly. it's fun. I like the the joy that he takes in. Oh, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but Tolstoy does a good job of entering into Levin and Kitty's immaturity in a certain way and giving it to us in a way that reminds us all of our own, you know, little romantic moments. The, the, the thing with the chalk. It's yeah. just like so cute. And the wedding, you know, what is it? He, can't, he doesn't have the right shirt or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's just so like, oh, yeah. It's, you get nostalgic, you it's know? It's perfect. It's perfect. But, yeah. but you're not expected to but think that that's no, the pinnacle like, of human yeah, existence. Like, Levin no needs to grow beyond that.
2: About. Like, the problem with Levin is that Levin's an idealist who always needs to be brought back down to earth mm-hmm. by the most prosaic things in life and find beauty in the most prosaic things in life. And that's what Tolstoy's sort of a master of.
0: Yeah, and he right? marries Kitty, like, and then he's like, What am I supposed to do with this woman and why? And she had a kid, and I don't know if I love the kid. And what it's just like that is the best book we've read, I think.
1: Oh, it's, it's fantastic! The best.
0: There may be more likable books, there may be
1: books that on a summer's day I'm more likely and to grab. Coming but... Around the corner, yeah, War and Peace, baby.
0: I'm looking forward to it, man. He's a genius. He's a genius.
1: Now, the counter argument is Jane Austen was in her 20s when she wrote her books, the difference is she did not try to force feed us stupid philosophy about love. All she did was give us discerning observations about human existence and character.
0: Well, and the humility of Jane Austen is that her stories always stop when the characters get married. And she says they're happy, but she she sort of draws the veil and just says, you know, I can't really tell you about that. Like, it just ended. And
2: and that's part of, I think, Austen's humility. I think if Austen had been, first of all, if Austin had gotten married, she probably would have never written books. Yes, because she would have been too occupied with other more important things. But second, had she gotten married, had she had kids, and had she had any space in her life where she felt it was good, a good use of her time to write books, they would have reflected all those things, and they would have been wise. Industry. She, yeah. she was wise enough to stop right.
1: at what she knew. That's right, right, and to not go beyond it. And it still gave us more than. Bronte gives us with these last chapters.
0: Yeah, you can imagine what Darcy and Elizabeth's marriage was like. You can
1: imagine Emma and Knightley. She gives us enough,
0: but she doesn't cross beyond the uh
1: beyond the veil. And, and stays that's because her lane. Right. and that's because Bronte was firmly in that romantic ideal that we could have this transcendental I- understanding of truth and mm-hmm. she desperately wanted like Byron and Keats and Shelley to get at this unknowable reality beyond ourselves and through the fierce work of the individual to get at truth. And that's just not outside of scripture meant for us. Mm-hmm. And so that's the sort of, fooli- this is foolishness. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that's what, this, what it comes down to, what it boils down to is, ladies, the end of this book is foolishness.
0: Well, let's talk about that because there is the romanticism. There's, there's a couple elements that I don't like about this book or that I think are foolish. One of them is just the romanticism. It's the same thing you'll see in a Hollywood movie or in Titanic. Or I, I'm sorry, kids, if Titanic's not a current reference. I don't know if people still care about Titanic, but Titanic <coughs> was a thing from my childhood. That, it's far across the distance now. Yeah, it's far across the distance now. Near, far, wherever yeah. they are, I find something. I um, believe
1: our two hearts can go on. I believe our two... Um, in unity. In unity.
0: But... So there's that. There's just like the, it's going to be perfect. Our hearts will be knit together, which is just crap. But there's also this weird Fifty Shades-ish thing. We keep saying that. We've said it now for two episodes. What do we mean by Fifty Shades-ish thing?
1: Where does it come from? Let's start with Rochester. I want to save
0: St. John for, we're going to pummel the crap out of St. John here in a second, but let's save him. So there's this scene in the novel, and it's after they're engaged. It's right after they're engaged, and they have their first meeting in the drawing room. And and Jane suddenly feels like she needs to control him, and so she's they're they're suddenly playing these weird, I dare say, sexual games with each other. Yeah, where yeah, she's like not giving him what he wants, and she's holding back. And a, it's super sexual. I don't, I don't. I, if if you thought it wasn't because you were reading an old book and people didn't have sex back then, sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong.
1: What Nathan? What? No, no, no. They did sex in a Victorian novel.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's super like. Thought they had kids by osmosis, but well, they just they just div- divided <laughs> asexually. Yeah. I don't even know how to talk about this in an
1: appropriate way. It's it's, it's really Fifty Shades-ish. I don't know what else to say about. Or it. You should just say the next few minutes of the show will be not safe kids. Right, if you're driving in your car with your kids right now, then tell them to plug their ears. Tell them to
0: and go la 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 la.
1: Yeah. Or maybe just
2: turn it off until the kids aren't around
0: or tell your kids to grow up and understand (laughs) the reality of the world you're about to get a truth (laughs) you're about to get a taste of reality kids (laughs) (laughs) well so i don't even know how to define it exactly but something made me very uncomfortable about the scene let's just start with the scene where they're in the drawing room Uh and i don't even remember what the particulars are it's so Let's just be book. honest with our listeners. It's been a little while since we've read this book. Now it's
2: we, it's been probably six weeks. We're we're more geared up for we Catcher in the Rye yeah. right yeah. now than we are for. I, I'm not just read up through the Catcher in the Rye. I'm read up through the two books after that, or three books after that. So Jake's
0: ahead of the game. Jake's ahead of the game. But you remember the scene I'm talking about where she's where she's explicitly tells Jake's us excited the reader to get
1: to Midnight's Children.
0: Yeah, I am too. Actually, bet. she sorry. explicitly tells the reader like I, I mean, knew I couldn't that. give him what he wanted, so I had to like play this weird game where I would hold back from him. You guys remember this? Oh, yeah. Um, This
1: is that weird stuff that's happening in in the last like fourth of the novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. But, oh man, how do we talk about it? I don't know. I mean, it's just- Well,
1: it's exactly what you're saying. It is- Well, okay, so it's- It's all power.
2: Everything with Jane Eyre is about power. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everything's about power. What she's attracted to is power and control, and what she loves is exercising power and control. And that's what everything amounts to. So what is attractive about Rochester is that he is powerful and controlling, and that's something that is beautiful and exotic and thrilling to her. And what she loves to do is to exercise her own control over such powerful men and to assert that her willingness to be subjected to them is something that she herself controls. And that is outside of their control. Yeah. It's so it's all about power dynamics in this really weird way. And so, like, everything then with St. John is like, he's this really great dude who's going to be this great thing. And she's willing, she loves the idea of, she can't help herself. She wants to be subjected to somebody as powerful as that. Mm-hmm. As rom- she romances that kind of power, she's willing to suffer, she's willing to die to be abused by somebody like St. John. She can never love him. This is not the same union of mind, but the power that he has to do great things is something she's willing to, to give her life, her body, her health, her everything to serve and be subordinate to. As a sister. Be subjected to,
1: would you say? As a sister. As a sister. Which is what she keeps trying to convince herself of him.
2: Yeah, but a sister wouldn't do that. Yeah. And that's part of the perversion of Jane and Jane's mind and Jane's way of thinking about these things. But Rochester is somebody that she has such a perfect union of mind with that she, he's the man that she could willingly of her own volition completely subject herself to, to be used by, to be abused by, to be controlled by. As long as it's on her terms. On her own terms, exactly. This is very and so it's These weird power dynamics are what fuel the sexual tension of everything between Jane and Rochester. And the part that you were talking about earlier, that's, that's what it's about. It's about he's gonna try and control things. She's gonna refuse to be controlled except on her own terms. And that's gonna be, that's, that's erotic. It's mm-hmm. all erotic and exciting and invigorating. And so long as she can maintain that, she can keep Rochester interested. If she can't maintain that, if she were to lay down and become like any number of the other women he's subdued, then she loses. She loses his interest, and she loses herself. What she has to do is maintain her own sense of control over the situation. That somebody who can fight him back on his own terms—that's erotic to him. And it's it's all this sort of like eroticization of of power. It's very and control. Shades.
0: I mean, I've not read Fifty Shades, but my understanding is it's it's a very it's it's very you can beat me, but it's on my terms. Exactly. You, know? you can beat me. So I'm
2: actually in control
0: here. Right, but you are too. But it's a thing. It's a dynamic, and it's sexy as heck. And uh, yay! (laughs) Well, it's wicked. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. So counter argument: this book is not actually sexy. No one has been excited by this book. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Hopefully you've you've turned this off. You've 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 turned this off. If you're listening with your kids or whatever, Um, hopefully you are no longer doing so. But I feel like if we're gonna read January, we should talk about this stuff one way or another. Counter argument: eh, you're reading too much into it that nobody has ever been excited by this book. That's my dumb counter argument that I don't agree okay. with. But yes, I think it's worth making. Well, I, think I would say- I think there are people the, listening the... right now that are saying, well, come on, you guys. You can say that there's some sort of Freudian erotic thing and you're probably right. But at the same time, it's not explicit. It's not- Y'all don't know how to read. Sorry. That's why
2: you
1: listen to us. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> <Gauntlet> well,
0: <throttle. laughs> well,
1: I was going to say, look at all the movie adaptations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they definitely pick up on- the... Okay, Devil,
2: Devil's Advocate. Uh, They do that with every, everything they would do. They do that with Austin. Fair enough. They do. They do. That's true. You can't. That's no argument.
1: Yeah, Brandon. That's no argument. That's no argument. Fine, Jake. What's your argument? (laughs) (laughs) Learn
0: to read. (laughs) Devil says, okay, you can make an argument that sex is everywhere, and you're probably right. But this book doesn't actually contain a bunch of sex. You guys are bringing your own sexual perversion to it. And you're making, you know, you keep saying Fifty Shades. This is not Fifty Shades. This is not pornography. No one is going to become sexually debauched by reading this book. Con.
2: Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. will take it too far there?
2: That will take it too far. It's not Fifty Shades, but to pretend that, that people won't become sexually debauched from this book is to be ignorant and foolish. Yeah. What the heck do you think has been so attractive about this book exactly? for the past 150 years or how, however long it's been out.
0: It's a story of a young woman nope, making her way.
2: Right. Nope, nope,
1: nope. The realistic portrayals of the school life in the nope, early parts of the book. Nope, 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 nope. The descriptions of landscapes. The strength of the no, no. heroine. The strength of the heroine. Sure. You can make that argument. amazing watercolors.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Which say absolutely nothing about... Uh, guys, I,
0: I, I let me give a, a morsel to that argument. I will say... I think some of the popularity of this book does have to do with the first third, which is so wonderful, and so its yes, own I, thing. Yes, I, I'll give you that. Probably a lot of people power through the second, two, the second two-thirds because the first third is so strong and so yeah. endearing.
1: Uh, in fact, I thought I had heard so much about the, third, the first third that I thought Helen was more of an important part of the book than she is. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that she was only in like 10 chapters. Yeah. And but then you got those other two-thirds, and I think
0: people might actually like those.
1: And even then, you have the red room in the
0: beginning. Well, I am i don't know. I brought up this devil, and I think we all agree he's a stupid devil, right? Yeah. Yep. But I want to make you guys engage with him. I want to make me engage with him because I think there's probably people listening that are like, come on. Jane Eyre, erotic, really? You, you, you guys are bringing your own sexiness to the—your own sexuality to the— <laughs> <laughs> You're reading
2: Catcher in the Rye. That's how he uses the word sexy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are bringing your own sexy to this— Bringing all sexiness to it. I mean, there's no explicit mention of anything sexual in this book. And actually, there's not a lot of implicit message. Of it's of
2: sexual. all
0: sexual. Uh, Jake, maybe you equate nope. power with sexuality. Nope, I don't. Sorry. What is your evidence, sir? What is your evidence that this book is sexual? I know how to read.
1: <laughs> you know how to read it? <laughs> the book is laying right there on the floor.
2: Ugh. It's, it's not I, unfur- What, are, what the fr- My frustration with that devil is you to make that argument you have to choose to be willfully blind to what is right there in front of you in the text of the book it's not hard to see it's right there nobody had nobody as ever like when the book came out there's a reason why it was censored there's a reason why this was a scandalous book in its time it was scandalous like people thought it was scandalous for a reason and the reason i mean come on people like you want, to, you want to pretend to, that you're seeing a book like this with some kind of like super innocent, like y- y- y'all people are sinners. They've been sinners for a long time.
0: Well, and anyone who's ever had a romantic relationship is aware of these dynamics and aware of the way that they become unhealthy. And we frankly can't talk. We're a little bit hamstrung here because I don't think we can talk frankly about why <laughs> this book is obviously sexual. But yeah,
1: but it's, it is. <laughs> well, it's like, This book is sexual, Mm -hmm. and maybe this will shock people to hear me say this. Jane Austen is sexual, too. Mm -hmm. Pride and Prejudice is sexual. What? Shakespeare is very sexual.
2: Body, I think. Body, I think, is the word that we want. What about the
0: Marquita side? He can't be
1: sexual. (laughs) No, he's the one that's not. He's the one that's not, apparently. (laughs) If Jane Eyre's not. (laughs) And so it's like what Jake was saying. It's the way that these power dynamics play out within the relationships that are obviously sexual relationships. You can't get around that. Darcy and Elizabeth's relationship is a sexual relationship Mm -hmm. even before they ever get married. Right. Right. There is something going on there that has to do with the sex of each of them. Right. And the future procreative (laughs) abilities. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm trying to tiptoe around this too, and it's really not easy. Well, I, mean, I suppose you could and say so,
0: every relation, every every relation, every relationship between a man and a woman is sexual in some sense. Yeah.
1: Every, and so, think about Willoughby and the way that he treats right. Darcy's sister. Right. We find out about the way that Will, not Willoughby, um, Wickham, Wickham treated. Getting my books mixed up here. The way that Wickham treated Darcy's sister. That's. There's some twisted power play going on there as well, right, with an older man and a younger lady. That book is looked at as being what it is. Here in Jane Eyre, you have the older man and the younger governess, and that power play is looked at as something that's kind of supposed to be appealing. Mm -hmm. Because, and a lot of it comes from the fact that this is a gothic book, and that sort of stuff in the gothic tradition is just, it's the way it was that sort of dark overlord. like the It's the sort of thing that we get now with Twilight mm-hmm. in our vampire stories where you're supposed to find the danger itself to be appealing. Well, and Christians are just the dumbest people in the world. Um, <laughs> they're,
0: they're, they're, I mean, that's the truth. They're, 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 because... Any pagan would be like, well, yeah. The reason everybody likes this book is because it's a bodice-ripping sexual book, and like, that, you know, every movie maker would be like, would lean into it in a in a kind of tasteless way, perhaps. Yes. But I mean, come yeah. on. Everybody enjoys this book because not not maybe always because, but everybody enjoys this book with the knowledge that there because are sexual elements to it the, because they're the really Final two thirds yeah.
2: is just is just circling around sexual tension. Yes, yeah,
0: it's, it's just one yeah. big power play. And, it's and, like. By the way, you can tell good stories about that kind of stuff. Jane Austen does it all the time. I don't think we're arguing that you can't tell a good story about the delicate balance of power between two different people and da 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 da. But
1: yeah, this is not
0: <laughs> a good story of, of that type. This is a
1: weird one, and uh, and you're right. And there's a difference between
0: told by somebody who's broken and
1: uh, yeah. his
2: understanding of sexuality and relationships is twisted.
0: Let Let me give you and a. Uh,
2: I, th- I think. I think. Look, the same things that give her insight into a broken and abused girl like Jane Eyre are the things that blind her to what healthy and good relationships are, can be, and should be, mm-hmm. period. And you have to, if you're going to take the one, you have to take the other. If you're going to take the first third and say, this is an amazing, insightful, helpful, beautiful portrayal of a broken, abused little girl who manages to overcome a lot of things in her life, then you also need to turn around and say, and that beautifully broken girl has never had a healed and proper understanding of relationships. No. And that's that just has to be true of Bronte as well. It just has to be.
0: Well, the clincher is St. John, who she gives the last line of the book to as if he's this guy that we should look to. And he is just a straight up... Villain. He's a gothic villain. Like he's you, could, you could imagine. and. Oh well, Jane. You need to marry me because you could imagine a more appropriately moral book just casting him as the villain of the piece. I mean, yeah. And he's a great. And villain. he could be
2: angry that the pastor slash missionary is the villain at that point.
0: But then but she she, z- she actually weird. wants to imbue him with this twisted nobility. Like she likes him. Like, and I don't mean Jane. I mean Charlotte Bronte. She yeah. gives him the last line. That's. That's insane to me. I mean, that's always, I remember as a kid without really understanding why the fact that it ends with St. John, like that it gives him the last line and gives him some nobility. It's just like, it comes out of nowhere. going yet. on? This is coming out of nowhere because you want to sort of maintain some hope that Charlotte Bronte cast him as the villain because everything that he does is just baldly manipulative, domineering, twisted. I mean, what does he even do? He he tells her she has to become a missionary, that God has selected her I mean, this is the kind of do- thing that that creepers- she has
2: no. F- he he, like, prays this big manipulative prayer, like, you know, it's all about like, her salvation is bound up in whether or not she's going to marry him and be the sacrificial lamb that helps him. <laughs>
0: how, how how do people think that real Mister Greys get? Real submissive, women you know, submissives, whatever you want to call them. How, how do they think that those actual BDSM relationships, which do exist in this world, happen? They happen because people use manipulative tactics exactly the same, no different than. They what make themselves out
1: as some mysterious Batman, yeah, 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 who you want to do everything they ask you to do.
0: I mean, the dumb thing about Fifty Shades is that that author can't conceive of why you would end up with Mr. Gray unless he was a billionaire and. They
1: fly you
2: around in a helicopter.
0: Right. And the fact is, there's no billionaires in helicopters. Maybe there are, but the real men that are like that are just greasy little guys that talk women into anything because they have that power and they're exactly like St. John and they use spiritualism and... But he's going to be a
1: a missionary in India, Nathan. Yeah,
0: well, there's always a greater cause. I mean, how did Jim Jones get women, woman after woman to sleep, sleep with him? You know, I mean... Yep. Huh. How did uh what's the was, uh, Dianetics guy? What's his name? L- uh L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, how did L Ron Hubbard get, you know, these young babes? Because he had a great spiritual cause for them to join in. Yeah. That's how manipulative men have been deceiving weak women
1: since day one. And yet it's part of the immaturity of this book that he's seen as a good alternative to Rochester. Well, I think I mean, I said these this- are the two figures that are shown as good husband material in this book. Yeah, I mean, it's like if this was Darcy and... Bingley. Bingley. It's like, you, sir, I know Mr. Bingley, and you, sir, I know Bingley. Well, for one, it also just shows you a bit of... So a big difference, and we made this point with the Jane Austen context, is a big difference between Charlotte Bronte and Jane Austen is their humility. Mm -hmm. It shows you a huge difference in the humility of the two authors in that the two men that Charlotte wanted to imagine as possibilities for herself would be a Rochester. Or a St. John. Yep. Yep.
2: The people are going to say she's not really holding up St. John because Jane could never... Read the last two paragraphs. Jane could never have
1: actually been St. John's wife, and so...
0: Well, Jane certainly thought that Jane should. so I can only
1: take Jane's word for it. There are some inappropriate ecstasies going on at the end of this book. That's all I have to say.
0: St. John is unmarried. He will never marry now. Himself, himself has here through here or two suffice to the toil and the toil draws near its close his glorious sun hastens to its setting the last letter i received from him drew from my eyes human tears i'm glad that she doesn't shed monkey tears and yet filled my heart with divine joy he anticipated his sure reward his incorruptible crown i know that a stranger's hand will write to me next to say that the good and faithful servant has been called at length into the joy of the lord this is the same guy that was telling her babe you have to submit your entire life and being to me and die for me or you're not obeying god and you're going to hell and you're going to hell (laughs) i know that a stranger's hand will write to me next to say that the good and faithful servant has been called at length into the joy of the lord and why weep for this no fear of death will darken saint john's last hour his mind will be unclouded his heart will be undaunted his hope will be sure his faith steadfast his own words are a pledge of this my master he says has forewarned me daily he announces more distinctly surely i come quickly and hourly, I more eagerly respond,
1: amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. That is, that's a creepy ending to a book. Yeah. And it's creepy. That's, I think that's probably an appropriate adjective for it.
0: The best pen I could put on it is that it's pandering, that she knew she had a Christ- Christian audience and she couldn't just end with me and Rochester got away with it and got everything we want after yeah, so dumb wife burned herself to
1: death. She's pandering to the jellybees out there.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, let's give it a little Christian whirl at the end. Yeah. I think it's actually entirely possible that that's what she did, but it's possible but still
2: but okay fine but go back to all of those scenes and she's talking about the pleasure that she takes you know she just knows no she knows no middle ground between absolute control
0: subjection
2: and domination and absolute subjection mm-hmm. and she finds pleasure in both sides because her she worships power mm-hmm and so either she worships power and subjects herself to it entirely and willingly, or she seizes it and maintains control. But it's power, 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 power is the idol.
0: She's going she to start learning language for him. It. She's going to...
2: Yeah, she's, she's going to jump through all kinds of hoops, subject herself to all kinds of miseries and things that she doesn't like, and be willing to go with him and die in India. Because she admires his ambition
1: and his power. You should have a name, St. John. It's a pretty great name. That's an interesting name. Your name is not St. Jake. Probably should be. Jake does not like this point. (laughs) He's (laughs) looking very unimpressed over there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I don't know what else to say about this book, guys. Anything you want to say
1: about this book? Uh, The only thing I wanted to say earlier was the lack of wisdom that a lot of people have. And I think it's a particular... uh, You guys mentioned it's a particular... Problem with conservative Christians when we approach literature. We just like want to pretend like they couldn't have had any sexual thoughts, Mm -hmm. right, at all. And so there's no way Jane Austen can be sexual. There's no way Shakespeare can be sexual. There's no way Homer can be sexual. And yet, I mean, that's just, that one makes me laugh. Right. Because that whole book is just full of it, right? And it's all about him wanting to get home to his wife because all these suitors want her. And he's on an island with a, a couple of witch goddesses. Throughout the book, and it's very clear what's going on, mm-hmm. and so for us to just hide our eyes from that is just asking for your children when they read these books to be very confused as to why you're not aware. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and why they have these thoughts that apparently you're too holy to have ever and and why they exist, a... in fact, given the yeah.
0: given your lack of knowledge of yeah yeah human sexuality.
1: That's <laughs> just it baffles me. Yeah.
0: That's why he kept coming, circling back to that scene where she's in the drawing room after they're engaged, and
1: she decides she's going to play this month-long game with him, where she's going to <clears> deny <throat> him
0: what he wants until yeah. their wedding night.
1: No, I mean, and it's we like, talked about this with we talked about this with Alice in Wonderland. There's no, I mean, this isn't like we're not saying you have to go and like point to every instance now and mm-hmm. say, look, what's going on, <laughs> right? But just don't be unaware of it.
0: Well, that leads us to an important question, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Do you give the BSOA to? Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Oh yeah, the Booking seal of approval. Yeah, sure. Yep, <laughs> I do. Jake, same question.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: I do. So everyone should read this book. No, not no. everyone got the Booking seal of approval. Doesn't that mean people should read it? Confined oh, and it doesn't get it. Who doesn't get it?
2: <laughs> no, the book doesn't get it. Then not everyone
1: should read this book. It's a qualified bookending seal of approval. All right, all anyone, right. That
0: was my point. Go ahead and qualify it. Anyone guys.
1: who would be tempted to read Fifty Shades of Grey should not read this book. Okay, Jake, your qualifications. I would be very hesitant
2: to give this book to any young woman, certainly not to my daughters.
0: Yeah, Jake, I'm with you. I don't think young women should read this book, but I do give it the booketing seal of approval. I really don't think <clears> women <throat> should read this book. What, Nathan? Actually. No, I just I just don't think women should read this book. No. Oh. And that's like... It's because you think women can't read. I don't think that women should read, unless we're talking about like a Betty Crocker book or an, uh, another re- recipe book. Yeah. book that's... on how
1: to massage your husband's feet.
0: Sure. No, well, that would be good too, yeah. I am... How much am I joking? I am, let's say, let's say I'm 60% joking, but I'm going to say there's like 40%, 40 40 misogynist sense sense of me that's just like, oh man, I don't know that I'd recommend this book to my fiance because she's going to want to play weird power games with me after she reads this thing and she's going to expect a level of relationship. Now, is my fiance smart enough to not? Yeah, probably. So I guess she could read the book, but also, you know, Just in the same way she might not want me to read certain books because even though I'm smart enough to know better, still I don't really need some dumb things reinforced for me. Maybe this is a book that she doesn't really need to read because even though she's smart enough to know better, she doesn't need some dumb things. I'm hedging a lot here because I don't want to come off as a sexist jerk, but you know, this is a really good, well-written book which means it's a really effective piece of propaganda. So I think we should give it the dignity of taking it seriously and saying this book actually could change someone's opinion or, or, or influence the way someone thinks about romance. Well, like, let's not, let's not be double-minded It's going to shape this. it. Yeah.
2: It's going to shape it. We, we, we do this stuff, we talk about this stuff because art's powerful to yeah. shape our affections. And, and we the fact ab- is, it doesn't matter what you say or think you believe objectively. If you allow trash to shape your heart, shape your affections to shape your the way you feel about things it's going to change the way you think about them yep yeah there's a lot to love about this book but there's a lot of trash yeah there really is
1: poison it trash is trash is too weak there's a lot of poison in here namely the last half of the book yeah and men were equal opportunity haters and don't worry we are quickly approaching a book where i will be offering the same advice nathan's offering to women here that in a young man never read it same talking about the catcher in the rye guys Yep. yep Young men.
2: Young men, no. No. I do not want Older men to... who want to feel the pain. Remember how terrible it was? Who, who yeah. want to cringe at themselves and mm. their stupidity and their foolishness in their younger years, go right ahead.
0: <laughs> Knock yourself out. It's going to be fun. But It'll be son... a nice little masochistic
2: yeah. journey back through the mind of yourself when you were in your teens.
1: Yep. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> who needs that? Well, are you saying just... that there's gender specific considerations for who should read what, Nathan? Yeah oh man you sexist big
0: yep (laughs) all right guys very quickly (laughs) i
1: got it i got it
0: all right brandon you're gonna shout them out jake you're gonna say whether they're phony or corny which is we're one episode ahead in terms of thematic uh linking here but or you can say whether they're a rochester or a uh, saint john so we'll insult all our (laughs) listeners (laughs) sure or a jane or a helen if it's a woman Um, oh boy or if it's a couple then you can do some combination you're just
1: looking at to offend people Nathan yes I am and you
0: can do combinations like Helen and Rochester you can combine any kind of pairing from this book that you can make Uh, up Jay and Katie who are cold and love cheese Brandon wait until I give you the signal you were crying out
1: loud going way too long long with that Robert and Ron to the lovebirds sheesh we're insulting everyone
2: oh right right Uh,
1: they have perfect unity of mind
0: yeah yeah it's Uh, Rochester and and Jane Yeah. yeah The Immortal Chelsea C. My dad's going blind. Helen.
1: The Immortal Chelsea C. Yep. Helen. Yeah. I mean, she's immortal because she's dead.
0: Yep. Nathan, not me. Nathan, not that guy. Helen. He's also Helen.
1: (laughs) Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Nathan, sorry. Jimmy Beam here, Saint John, if ever there was one. Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing it for me. Jimmy Beam and No, I was going back. I was adding to that conversation. Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley.
2: Jake. I'm giving you Jane and Rochester.
1: Jane and Rochester. Good
0: job. I see it. Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley. Jane. Probably. Okay, cool. Good good for you, Lily. Andrew and Esther, the Lovebirds. Andrew and Esther, the Lovebirds. I'm going with Rochester and the Creole Demoniac.
1: Rochester and the Creole Demoniac. I love it. (laughs) I wonder what St. John and Helen would have been like as a couple. Oh, probably
0: perfect. The most oppressive. Can you imagine going to their house? Yuck. We are now transcending into the third heaven. Oh, boo, boo to them as a couple. Really, I defended Helen, but I cannot imagine wanting to be married to Helen. Uh-huh. The inscrutable Jenny Z. I was right all along. The inscrutable Jenny Z. Mrs. McGonagall. What is her name? I was from, from Harry Potter. I, I agree that these inscrutable yeah,
2: Jenny Z. The, the be type, her. you know, the one that McGonagall's like. There's like the character Miss Temple.
0: Miss Temple, yeah. Miss Temple, Temple,
1: yeah. That. The oh. Keith
0: Master. The
1: Keith. Oh, the Keith Master. Mr.
2: Brocklehurst.
0: John and Jill and Little Baby Max. <laughs> John and Jill and Little Baby
2: Max. St. John and Jane. St. Oh. John and
0: Jane.
2: David's Money Men Trucking. David's Money Men Trucking. The inn owner. The, the inn guy. owner. The guy that tells
0: her about what happened to Rochester. Yeah, I like that. Guy. Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese.
2: Jay and Katie, who are cold and love cheese. Aw. They're the, they're the cute couple that, like,
0: Serve Rochester and Jane. Oh, and a new one. What? I like this. I think it's I think she's new. E M I L Y Emily.
1: What? E M I L Y Emily. E M I L Y E-M-I-L-Y, Emily. Yeah. E M I L Y
2: Emily. Um E M I Y Emily, I I have hardly known you. Um <laughs> I think you've gotta be one of Mr. Rochester's sisters. Mr. Rochester have sisters? Mr Saint John's Sh- sisters. She could, she could
0: be the gypsy. She could be the gypsy. No, we're no, not. No, Emily's no. new. No. Hey, she's Emily. one of St. John's sisters. Yeah, they're nice. Uh well, right, man. And welcome to Emily. You guys happy that Emily's joined us? So happy. Of, Thank you, Emily. What
1: a warm family we have now because yeah. of you, Emily. And
0: the woe bedraggled wizard of yore, Fletcher. The woe-bedraggled wizard of
2: yore Fletcher. Hey, buddy. The woe-bedraggled wizard of yore Fletcher. He's got. He's the
0: uncle. Yeah, the uncle. The, the uncle, uncle, uncle who
2: bequeathed his fortune to John Oh, Fletcher's going to die Gyer. and play
0: no important part besides giving
2: us all money? Hey, he gave us money. Fletcher is going to grow into a sweet, good old man who's made a lot of money and who bestows his kindness on his niece who... Has never had a good thing happen to her before.
0: I like it. Well done, Fletcher. Well done, Fletcher. Bravo, Fletcher. That'd be a good name for a novel. Well done, Fletcher. The
2: right. Artful Anthony Dodger. Is this the same Fletcher that wrote us a letter?
0: Yes, it is, actually. I'm pretty sure.
2: Fletcher, you got a letter coming your way. To who? Who'd you write it to us? No. I mean, yeah. to all of us, yes. The
0: Artful Anthony Dodger. He's the lawyer. I that guy I was cool. I like that lawyer. Really likable character. Nice, Nicely done, Anthony. The dark Credited Lord of Death himself, Jeremy. <laughs> Rochester.
1: The dark hooded <laughs> Lord of Death, Rochester. Rochester.
0: The beautiful incandescent marriageable Meredith.
1: The beautiful incandescent marriageable Meredith.
2: If ever there was a Jane, talk about it. Yeah,
1: love you, Meredith. Not
0: Obviously, no. she is attracted to power. <laughs>
1: so,
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Joanna, jumping judo. Joanna, jumping judo. Joanna. Helen. Yep. Sorry, Joanna.
2: No question. No. No. Nothing to be sorry about.
0: Rock Rockin' Ryan and Judo Judith. Rockin' Ryan and Judo Judith. The servant couple
2: who served Jane and Rochester at the end of the thing.
0: Yeah, they're
1: good. Danny the Dude. Danny the Dude. Um, Mrs. Reed's son. <laughs>
0: Sorry,
2: Danny the Dude. I think Brandon called it. <laughs> you gotta get addicted to drugs and kill yourself. Yeah, don't apparently. do that, Danny the Dude. DJ but, Sammy G. DJ Sammy G. Wicka Wicka.
0: The other dead uncle.
2: The dead uncle who's like, Wife, you take care of this. Oh, girl? Mr. Reed, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Would, Reed, yeah.
0: yeah. DJ Sammy G is Mr. Reed. Benny and Dana T. Benny and Dana T. St. John and Helen. Eric and Catherine the Lovebirds. Eric and Catherine the Lovebirds. Mr. and Mrs. Reed. Doctor Professor X and Lady X. Professor X and Lady X. Saint John and Jane. St. John and Jane. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey! Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with Catcher in the Rye. I think we are going to get around to that Jane Eyre movie one of these days because I'd like to watch it. Brandon says it's pretty good. I tend to trust Brandon's judgment on things, and yeah, that'll be good. Hooray! Thanks for li- oh, and you can support us at Patreon.com forward slash The Bookending. Do it. Yeah,
1: do it.